0: New episode of Wizards After Dark. I'm your host, Fred Katz. I cover the Wizards for the athletic, and I'm doing this after a uh, Wizards win. They just beat the Grizzlies, and the consequence of that, this was actually a big game for uh, lottery positioning. The Grizzlies are now, I guess, two up. They have two more losses than the Wizards do uh, in the race for top six lottery positioning, but the Wizards have a legitimate chance at it. And they can. The Wizards have Bradley Beal. To blame for that because Bradley Beal was he's had higher scoring games, had higher assist games, he's had higher rebound games. I'm not sure he's played a better game this season. He had 40 points in 39 minutes. He was 12 for 17 from the field. He was nine for 12 from three. He was seven for nine from the line. He added seven assists. He was being trapped the entire game, and in the fourth quarter, it was like ridiculous. They were coming at him and doubling him. The most aggressive double teams I've seen on him maybe all year. They were doubling him from everywhere on the floor at every angle. It didn't matter who they were doubling off of. And he still only had one turnover in the game. Like, he was as perfect as perfect can be in a basketball game. Just unbelievable. Um, and the Wizards won 135-128. I'm here with Amari Sankofa, who covers uh, the Grizzlies for the Athletic. Yeah,
1: and I'm just happy I got the Bradley Beal experience up close because you – Here's so much, uh, you know, I watch him here and there. But, I mean, for him to score 40 points on 17 shots, I got a message here earlier and said he might he might get 50 on less than 20 shots. And he came pretty close. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think I heard a name word in Bradley Bill, like around the trade deadline, when didn't know what the Grizzlies were, were going to do. And I got so many, would they take this for Bradley Bill? Would they take that for Bradley Bill? And I'm like, no, the Grizzlies have no package that it's worth Bradley Bill because they don't have a first-round pick that they can – realistically give up. I mean, yeah, he he won that game almost by himself. That's some other guys who played well, but, I mean, you let a guy score 40 points on 17 shots, like, you're probably not going to win. So can't complain with the outcome there. Uh, Grizzlies, you know, obviously they're racing to convey their pick. They need to win 36 games or around that, and they're probably not going to get there. So you can blame Bradley Bill, and you can blame former Grizzly (laughs) Jeff Green for that Late three with about a minute to go. Uh, not a good night for the Grizzlies at
0: all. See, to me, almost the most impressive part of Beal's performance. And look, there was a point. There was a point in this game where he was averaging three points per shot. There was a point in this game where he had literally thirty-three points on eleven shots. Yeah, just, which
1: has to be some, something crazy. Like I was going to go on cleaning the class on I the up shot. Yeah.
0: And here's the thing, like he. Over the end of the game, he had ten points on six shots, and significantly decreased his points per shot. Like ten points on six shots is really, really good. Yeah. That's really good. Tonight
1: was <laughs> You know, I still don't, I still don't think people realize just how good Bradley Beal is. You know, he, I think, I think he's he's gone from maybe being a guy who you look at as like third best guy in like a championship teams, and now, I mean, you know, I think he's like moving toward like leading scorer type guy. I mean, it's it's it's, it's really been crazy to see. His progression throughout the course of the season, especially post, you know, John Wall injury, to see how he's been able to kind of keep this team not quite afloat, but you know, to see some of the shooting games he's had. I mean, you
0: know, this dude can play. This dude can play. Yeah, I mean, he was. What the point that I was about to make before I so rudely interrupted myself and started mm-hmm. talking about points per shot, which by the way, Bradley Beal, if he was 12 for 17 on 40, had 40 points. To put the efficiency into perspective, if Bradley Beal made a layup, his points per shot would go down. That is how efficient he was tonight. Uh, I keep interrupting myself. (laughs) I keep doing it. Uh, But to me, he just never – he was so unbelievably on fire tonight. It was crazy. And the fact that he never got outside of his game – there was one play which he even criticized himself for after the game where he said he came down in transition on the left wing and he put up a shot and the Grizzlies ended up getting the three out of it on the other end because he missed it and he felt like that was too much of a heat check. And yet his, his game isn't like, he'll shoot a lot, but it's because he's a really good shooter. His game is not taking shots that are outside the rhythm of the offense and he normally tends to be like that. But at one point I'm looking down, he's got 28 points on 10 shots in the middle of the third quarter. I'm like, dude, just start chucking. Start chucking. Like... And he doesn't do it. He just doesn't do it. He doesn't get outside of himself. I asked Scott Brooks about it after the game, and Scott Brooks said if it were him, he would have taken 10 more shots. But, like, it's just amazing that he has that willpower, and you can ask him about it, and he'll be like, it's not hard to do. You just, you only take good shots, and then you keep making them.
1: And he didn't force anything tonight. Uh, I noticed in the second quarter, I think he only took two shots after, you know, scoring 16 or 17 in the first, on about eight shots. And, uh, you know, he played 38 minutes tonight. You know, you're not going to play him the entire game. But I'm looking at the... Box and I'm thinking, you know, he he needs to take at least eight shots, you know, this quarter, and he didn't take that many, uh, you know, and he didn't need to, but he he easily could have had, you know, had he taken the shots, I mean, there's no telling how many he could have scored, you know, like he could have had bottom line 50, uh, you know, this could have been a game where he even scored 60 on, you know, like 26 shots or something like that, you know, the way tonight was going. Uh, you know, but that's, you know, but I like how controlled he is on the court, uh, you know, especially tonight. You know, he wasn't forcing anything. It seems like everything came within the full of offense. And they were just going in. You know, I thought it was a really well paced game for him, you know, despite a 40 point game. He figured he would chuck a few of them up. I didn't see many shots that looked like he was just trying to get his points up.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, there were like, there were just none. Yeah. There were just none. Uh, and reminder, he did this on the second night of a back to back he played 45 minutes last night that this is a ridiculous performance to have on the second night of a back-to-back when you play 45 minutes the night before it's it's just absurd he said he woke up at six in the morning he couldn't sleep because he was so frustrated about the loss last night when they lost to charlotte so he woke up at six in the morning he couldn't go back to sleep he was tired all day and then he comes out and he does this so are we in those man or the territory we should be should be yeah But we're not, because the Wizards don't want to be. But yeah, they should be. He literally leads the league in minutes. In total minutes and minutes per game. So yeah, I mean, you'd think any other... And their argument is, well, they have to play him this many minutes. They don't have to, because they don't have to be gunning for the playoffs and potentially turning him into Luol Deng. Well, have they been
1: mathematically eliminated?
0: <laughs> from the yeah, background? well, I yeah. just think they're going to keep doing it until yeah. they're mathematically eliminated. Yeah. Like, even if they're conceptually eliminated, I don't, I don't think that's going to be enough. What I do want to discuss, do you know if you're going to have an All-NBA vote?
1: Oh, I probably will not, only because I got into the year so late. You know, it seems like a lot of, you know, things have just been sort of catching up for me as far as, mm-hmm. you know, being... Omari's trying code for the second, the NBA guy. So I'll have one next year, but I don't think i have one this year. On okay,
0: one. well, then let's let's speak hypothetically. If you do have one. So first team All-NBA guards are going to be Steph and Harden for sure. Oh, yeah. Second team, you're going to put Dame there. And I'm just doing this off the top of my head. We're doing this as an exercise. Uh, probably Kyrie. I think you can make a Beal argument, but I'm going to say probably Kyrie. Beal is now, I think, 30 since John Wall went down, which is two and a half, more than two and a half months now, since December 28th, when he played his first game without Wall, he's averaging 37 and six, which are LeBron numbers. I mean, those are LeBron numbers. Those are Harden numbers. Those are, they're that good. And he's been wildly efficient. I mean... He's been ridiculously, not this efficient, but he's been ridiculously efficient. I think if you're going to make the Bradley Beal All-NBA argument, which is a totally legit argument, and Scott Brooks talked about it game, I think his best case is third team. I think that's the most realistic thing. But he's in competition with Russ. He's in competition with Kemba. He's in competition with Simmons, with Kyle Lowry. Am I forgetting anyone else?
1: probably one other person in there that we're not thinking of, but that sounds about right. Um, and I think, you know, Kemba's case is a weekend. if you know Charlotte misses the playoffs, which you know is a very real possibility. Uh, ben Simmons, technically, yes, he is—he <laughs> technically is a guard. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I give him a guard spot just because he's like maybe this is antiquated. I don't know. Just you know, you have a six-eleven guy, like you know, I think he's still. A lot of forward, even if he is the the, the main initiator, um, you know. And, and then the Russ, he's kind of had a weird year. Like he's had a really good, you know, like last two weeks or so. You know, he had an extended down period where, you know, I think a lot of people have kind of come to the conclusion that you know Paul George has been their number one guy this year. Not that that you know inherently weakens uh, Westbrook's case, but but Bill's not having an amazing season. And if you're looking at it from the standpoint of you know not only importance to the team but just individual accomplishment. I think he has a stronger case over, you know, non-playoff Kemba. Um, you know, I think I think that's a a real battle between him, Russ, and, you know, and Bill Simmons. But I, I would personally take Bradley Beal over Russell Westbrook only because I think he has been a lot better than Russell Westbrook this season. And I think in a, in a lot of ways, definitely from, you know, an offensive standpoint, from a shooting standpoint, there's been only a handful of guys who have been better than, Bradley Beal, as you said, I mean, he's been amazing, you know, for most of the year. You know, he's been better than Clay. Uh, you know, I don't know if Clay will, you know, be a top three or an All NBA pick this year. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. That's about it. I think I would, I think I would give it to Beal.
0: Yeah, Clay, I think if you talk about, like, the three best shooting guards in the league, I think it's obviously Harden number one, and then it's Clay and Beal in some order. Mm hmm. I'm kind of a big believer, and I had this conversation with Anthony Slater at All-Star Weekend. We were just, like, chatting. Covers the Warriors for us. I know you know that, but I don't know if our listeners (laughs) do. And uh, we were talking about, like, who's better, Clay or Beal, because they're pretty similar. They're both just, like, so solid in pretty much every aspect of the game. Clay's a little bit of a better defender. He's obviously a better three-point shooter. Beal's a better pick-and-roll guy. He's a better passer. And we kind of came to the conclusion that if you put Clay on the Wizards instead of Beal, then the Wizards would be worse. And if you put Beal on the Warriors instead of Clay, then the Warriors would be worse. Which doesn't answer the question at all. But, like, Clay is better for the Warriors situation, and Beal is better for the wizard situation, you know?
1: I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Bill obviously is a guy that I mean John Wall goes down, you you know, you can allow Bill to initiate a lot of sets, you know, like you probably don't, you know, let Clay do that. Not that Clay is a terrible passer, but he he you know, he just isn't quite um as as versatile in that regard. You know, I think you look at it, you know from maybe a peer offensive standpoint you know like when clay has one of those clay games like you know, i mean he turns into a supernova you know like i don't know if there's mm-hmm. a guy in the nba who can pop off quite like that well uh okay well <laughs> you know <there laughs> no are you're right clay scored 37 right. in yeah. a quarter
0: yeah and Brad scored 40 in a game. We're talking about Clay scored 37 and a quarter. Yeah. You know, we've also, we've
1: also seen Clay play far more important, more important basketball, you know, in the last, you know, three or four years, which I think, you know, mentally kind of skews it because, you know, we've seen Clay. Yeah,
0: he's got some of the most iconic games ever. He had Game 6 in 2016. Yeah. Like, he has the record for three-point makes. He's done it in the finals. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. mean, look, Clay's amazing. I think Beal's having a better season. I would for sure – Put Beal on an All NBA team before. I wouldn't put Clay on there. Clay, Clay's like sneakily gotten back up to around 40% from three after being really cold at the beginning of the year. But if if you look at what he's done this year, he's like because he's so prone to pop off. He's had a few games where he just goes absolutely bonkers, and that's really propped up the numbers. You take away the outliers, and I realize if you're saying like I'm saying right now, if you take away a lot of the misses, his percentage is worse, which of course. But if you take away the outliers, which is a legitimate thing you can do in statistics when looking at numbers, uh, like his median game is not as good as Beal's median game, you know. Uh, and so I think I'd have Beal there over over Clay. I'm not. I think there's. I might have a vote. I, I don't know whether the NBA hasn't sent it out yet. I, I definitely might vote for Beal. I, I don't know who I'm going to have as my two guards there. I think it, on the third team, I, I think it comes down to what happens at the end of the season, but, like, it's totally realistic. I end up putting Beal there, especially if, if he keeps playing. I mean, he, he could pretty easily win Player of the Week this week. The Wizards won three out of four, and he just have back-to-back 40-point games. If if he keeps averaging 37-6 and six for the rest of the year and he finishes this year averaging He's, he's right now, he's what's he averaging now, 20, 26, 6, and 5 on the season? He finishes the year averaging like 27, 6, and 6 or something like that because he just you know keeps putting up these numbers the rest of the year. It's going to be hard not to put a dude averaging 27, 6, and 6 on an all the team. It's going to be really, really difficult to do that in lieu of a, you know a guy who's playing with three other stars and can take nights off and all that even even if Bill's on a thirty five one team.
1: Yeah, and a big part of that too is that, you know, as we said earlier, Clay's in the midst of a down year. You know, there's a point not too long ago where Marcus Smart was having a better shooting season than Clay, which, you know, is not a so much a knock on Clay as it is a credit to Marcus Smart's, you know, increased shooting, but you know, it was a thing. It has also been a down year for, you know, Westbrook, you know, in a few ways. You know, and it also hurts Westbrook that I think he has in a sense devalued the triple-double because, you know, it's like, sure. I mean, that was all people could talk about two years ago, and now, I mean, you know, he's still doing it, and, and you don't know, hear anyone mention it. Uh, so, you know, I think there's value in giving credit to a guy in Bill who's having a career year, you know, instead of giving it to a guy like a Westbrook or a Clay, who have had those accolades, but are, by their standards, not having great years. You know, I think if this is a year that Bill gets it, I mean, definitely a word them for, for this year, especially given that the Wizards had a horrific start to the season and have stabilized somewhat since then, you know, like still probably not to the degree that they would need to be, but, you know, but Bill's a massive, massive reason why this team, you know, didn't continue to be a top three team in the NBA, you know, because he's been incredible every single night.
0: Yes, he most definitely has. Uh, you've been doing great work. Tell uh, my listeners where they can find you.
1: All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Omari Sankofa. That is O-M-A-R-I-S-A-N-K-O-F-A. Uh, we launched in Memphis in October, and uh, myself and Peter Edmondson, uh have been doing our best to put out some great work. Obviously, you guys know that you know Fred does amazing work, and we're trying to follow his lead,
0: so... Well, I appreciate you sucking up for the podcast. <laughs> uh, no, you're, you, you guys have been doing awesome. Peter's great. I always like podcasting with him. I'm glad you were able to come on. Uh, subscribe to Wizards After Dark if you're just randomly listening to this episode. Subscribe on iTunes. Give us five stars. Leave a really nice review. Go to the review section and just like say super nice stuff about us. That actually really helps with the iTunes stuff. You wouldn't think it does, but saying nice things on the internet as rarely people decide to do, can actually help the people putting out the content on the internet that you're saying nice things about. I'll be back on Monday. Monday, they play Utah at home. It's their first tough game in a little while, and then this homestand ends. They go to Chicago. I'll be in Chicago. I'll be podcasting after the Monday game. I'll be podcasting after the Chicago game. Of course, I will be. Uh, We'll see where where they are in the playoffs and where they are in the lottery stuff leading into that. Had to do an all-beal episode after this game i mean he was he was just crazy crazy good but i'll be back on monday i'll be podcasting with a guest i'm pressuring tony jones into doing it with me because tony's just the best man i gotta get tony on the pod uh and i'll be uh i'll talk to you guys now